With the new Chevy Silverado, you might be driving in this. But with the Silverado's redesigned interior and large infotainment screens, it'll feel more like this. Introducing the new 2022 Chevy Silverado. Find new upgrades. Find new roads. Chevrolet. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to the Fantasy Football Addicts podcast. My name is Mung. And I'm Nick George Ellis, the Los, and we are joined by our fantastic producer, now with voice, Dan the Man Green. All right, that was Dan. <laughs> so today we're going to be continuing on with our quick snaps. Uh, quick snap! Gonna, oh, yeah. And we're going to break down the Green Bay Packers. Unfortunately, uh, there are quite a few fantasy-relevant skill players in Green Bay, so we kind of have to. Um, so let's just jump right into it. So let's start with uh, the easy the easy choice here, Aaron Rodgers. Boo. He's gonna be he's gonna be a top top two quarterback. Um, you know, he's gonna go probably mid second round. I would say mid to late second round. Yep, there's um, always somebody that jumps up in the second round and takes the quarterback, sure. I've actually done that in my standard league the past two years. You know, it, it can certainly I'll work out for you. Uh, you know, that that way you don't have to worry about who you're going to start every week if you're going to stream. But uh, that's more of a strategy talk, and we'll, we'll, we'll have a couple of those pods later on. But uh, Rodgers, no-brainer, top quarterback. Absolutely. Well, I like luck, but that's Rodgers is great. You can take Rodgers and you can enjoy him. Sure. Um, all right, let's move on to Eddie Lacy. Uh, I think that he is a top five fantasy quarterback this year. Porter? Oh, I'm sorry, running back. I mean, maybe he could throw the ball, right? I think he threw the ball a few times to his son once. Sure. Uh, anyway, sorry about that. Top five running back. What are your thoughts? Uh, yeah, he is. If he might be the number one running back he always has that potential bell was last year bell suspended a couple games um it's it's hard for running backs to repeat the first spot and eddie lacy is just so consistent in such an awesome offense that moves the ball so well gets into the red zone so well he could he could perennially be the top running back he just hasn't yet yeah you know i think i have him at running back two or three right now depending on how you see Le'Veon Bell I have him just behind uh Peterson and possibly Le'Veon yeah my top four are Bell Charles Lacey and AP um the the order's up to you I know you don't like Jamal Charles I think we're gonna say that probably every show but uh yeah I mean I, I think he's a running back one still but mid to low end yeah um Lacey could very feasibly be number one off the board on draft day well you got to remember that he really kind of had a slow start last year against seattle then the jets then detroit basically three top defenses right right out of the gate so i think that he's going to do uh, quite a little bit better this year against unfortunately the bears in week one yep absolutely the the sieve that is the bears defense although it it is important to note that uh, Lacey will be facing the NFC West defenses again this year. So uh, that's something to keep in mind because he really wasn't a start every week guy. I would be a little bit nervous to start him against the Seahawks week two or even the Rams in week five. At the same time, that doesn't scare me any really at all. Um, the, the Packers like would jump on people early and then get to sit on them and I guess run the ball, but 
I mean, he wasn't putting up as many touchdowns in second halves of games um, as he might get to this year playing those tougher teams. Yeah, I guess I'm just a little bit nervous because I'm I'm looking at his uh, game log from 2014 right now. In week one against Seattle, he had 12 carries for 34 yards. Uh, week two against the Jets, he had 13 carries for 43 yards. He didn't even break 50 yards rushing until week five against the Vikings. So that, that does make me a little bit nervous, but he got hot towards the end of the year. Yeah, that's just the nature of the game, though. Um, that doesn't scare me whatsoever. Yeah, like I said, still still a top three running back. Yeah, definitely. So how do you feel about uh, James Starks as his handcuff? I think he's one of the few handcuffs that'll, that are in this league still. Um, Starks is 29 now, um, but the Packers snatched him back up quick, and James Starks was more than happy. His contract was up this last year. He was more than happy to just re-sign quickly with the Packers for two more years. So they, they like each other. Um, they're happy with the production they get out of each other. And, I, and he's a good enough back to step up and play Eddie Lacy's role. Obviously not as well as Eddie Lacy, but play Eddie Lacy's role um, if Lacy's to get hurt, which he does here and there. Sure, I think that uh, the Green Bay running game is somewhat similar to Denver's in that they're never going to face stacked boxes with mm-hmm. Aaron Rodgers under center. So whoever you're going to plug in there is going to do uh, relatively well. Yeah, completely agree. Um, I'd say for Lacy owners, Starks is a must-own. Absolutely. Um, reach for him if you need to in like the 7th eighth, seventh or 8th round. You won't be upset. Running backs get hurt all the time. All right. Um, well, let's talk about uh, the star wide receiver core then. Uh, and we'll start with Jordy Nelson. Uh, he had some offseason hip surgery, but right. everything seems to be on track. I'm not too worried about that. Are you? No. I mean, the, the only thing is um, you could be worried. In a hip, hips are hard to heal just because you use them every single time that you move. Um, and he's 30 now. Well, hips don't lie. It, Jordy's hips most definitely don't lie. Have you seen the buns on that boy? <laughs> hey, every time he, he uh, goes up for that leap. That's right. Every time he scores touchdowns against the Bears, I get to see him dancing. And speaking of touchdowns, I think he's basically a lock for double-digit touchdowns again. This Ab- absolutely. Both him and Randall Cobb, barring injury. Of course, I, that's a stupid statement. All of this is always barring injury. Jordy is a lock for – he's probably a lock for double-digit touchdowns with injury. Yeah, I think that uh, it's pretty easily – Nelson's still a wide receiver one. I'd probably put him around seven or – wide receiver six or seven, I would – I want to say. Yeah, five, six, seven, something like that. Um, and again, just like last year, I think Cobb is maybe a spot behind him, maybe two, if that. See, that's the only thing is if – if you think Nelson's aging, which he is, he's 30 now, and that can sort of be a magic number for football players, um, especially ones who have been nicked up in the past. Randall Cobb is 23 years old or 24 years old, which is crazy because it feels like he's been in the league forever, which he he hasn't. But he's been in the league, I think, since at the very least the start of your and my dynasty league, the one that I was running. Um, and he put up phenomenal numbers and he might be able to I mean you could argue that he should be taken ahead of Nelson this year you know I can see the argument but I think that the chemistry with Rodgers is just so strong with Nelson I think that he's both a deep threat um, the number one look in the red zone and you know whenever Rodgers is scrambling his first read in terms of 
just the go-to guy. And I think that he, he is aging, but that he hasn't showed any signs yet. And I'm not particularly worried about a 30-year-old. Sure, but if you look at last year's numbers, he's catching them. Receptions, Nelson had 98. Randall Cobb had 91. Touchdowns, Nelson had 13. Cobb had 12. Um, average average yards per catch, 15.5 for Nelson. Cobb was 14.1. He usually hits him a little more underneath. Um and then well, that's what I, that's what I'm saying. I guess uh, Nelson is more prone to get that big play, whereas Cobb is going to be that PPR guy. Yeah, and, and that is where the that is where the numbers have a bit of a discrepancy. Fifteen hundred yards for Nelson, whereas it's thirteen hundred yards for Cobb. Still, neither are anything to sneeze at. You will be happy owning either of them. Yeah, definitely both uh, wide receiver ones. You know, I I wouldn't fault anybody if they took Randall Cobb's spot before Nelson. Personally, for me, it's still going to be Cobb a couple spots after Nelson. But yeah, potato, potato. Yeah, exactly. It's it's not going to be more than it's probably their ADP is probably not going to fall more than five from each other in either way. No, you know, if anything, I think that Devontae Adams coming on towards the end of last year is going to hurt Cobb a little bit more than Nelson because with Adams being more, uh, you know, coming on a little bit, he Rodgers can hit either him or Cobb uh, when he's scrambling, uh, and Jordy is still going to be that wide receiver one. Sure, that could be the case, definitely. But, I mean, you, the, you run four wideouts, you run three wideouts. The, there are other options, a tight end, which, I mean, the Packers could probably do away with never seeing two tight ends on the field at the same time if they need to, things of that nature. Right, absolutely. There's going to be opportunities for everybody. Um, ta- speaking of Devontae Adams, um, he is the first person I'll identify this year as as a very needed handcuff wide receiver. I know that's that's a rare thing to hear. You don't handcuffs are usually talked about running backs, but if you own Nelson or Cobb, uh, if I own Nelson or Cobb, uh, you're going to be damn near certain that I'm owning Devontae Adams on that team as well. Yeah, again, I, w- I would reach for him in round seven or eight. I think that, you know, a couple of years back, I think it was Jared Boykin that was the wide receiver three in Green Bay, and he had quite a nice stretch of games when yep. uh, Cobb went out with injury. Yep, and Nelson and Cobb see the ball a ton, get tackled a ton, and they both have history of getting injured. Yeah, outside of that, though, I don't think that Adams is going to have too much standalone value um, if both Nelson and Cobb stay healthy. I think that Adams is probably going to be a wide receiver for around that around that mark. Yeah, I agree. I agree because Lacey has to get his touches and he'll be putting the touchdowns in. Yeah, definitely. I think that, uh, again, Adams is a name to keep track of. He's definitely been getting praise from both Rodgers and McCarthy during OTAs. Uh, but again, don't uh, don't go, don't go too crazy about that. Uh, Aaron Rodgers can only sustain uh, so many receiving options, fantasy wise. That's right. So now at this point, if, if you're good on all that, we've seen a wide a quarterback, possibly top quarterback off the board, possibly top running back off the board, two wide receiver ones, and now we finally get to enjoy the downside of the Packers offense. Well, I mean, you know, Richard Rodgers kind of came on uh, toward the end of last season, and after that uh, fiasco with Brandon Bostic and that onside kick, and yeah, the, he's uh, gone. Came against the Seahawks. He's, I think, he's on the Vikings actually now. Oh, good. Uh, so, so maybe the Packers will still see him a couple times a year and uh, <laughs> give him give him some crap about that. There we go. But outside of that, uh, how do you feel about Andrew Corliss and Richard Rodgers, the two tight ends? I don't feel like either of them are worth owning. I'm not looking at them at all. 
Yeah, I agree. I think that if you play in a two tight end league, something like that, maybe give them a shot. But uh, I think they're going to be at best uh, cheap daily options that maybe you can throw in there if if you're thinking they can grab a touchdown uh, any particular week. I mean, we just named basically 19 other options that can score touchdowns that aren't a tight end. So I'm not too concerned about the Packers tight ends. Yeah, I don't think we need to really go in depth. Um, I will say this. Uh, this is more for dynasty purposes than anything, but I do think that uh, Jeff Janis is is a name to keep track of as well. Um, he's been he's been getting a little bit of hype in the off season, and I think that um, if and when Jordy does start breaking down, that he's a guy that could step up as well. Sure, um, I agree. Although anytime you get a a guy get ball thrown to him by Aaron Rodgers he can get ready to step up and put up big time numbers um, Nelson and Cobb aren't going anywhere they signed Nelson last year they re-signed Cobb for what was it 40 million or something like that uh, just now so they they love both of them they're not going anywhere uh, you know real quick just for funsies sure um, I love funsies if you had to let's just say hypothetically Rodgers goes down do you want Scott Tolzien or Brett Hundley uh and that did happen a couple years ago. Matt Flynn stepped in, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't really have an opinion on either of them. The way that the quarterback landscape looks this year, there will be a useful quarterback that's sitting there in free agency. Yeah, agreed. But I'm just saying, if you had to pick one. If I had to pick one, um, probably Hundley. Okay. Yeah, I agree. I think he's just got intriguing upside, whereas we know who Scott Tolzien is at this point. Yeah, exactly. All right, well, that uh, wraps it up for the Packers. Really not a whole lot to talk about there. It's kind of no-brainers to you know, draft those guys early. Quick snap! Quick snap! All right, next time we are going to uh, break down the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, thank you for joining us this week. As always, you can ask us questions on Twitter. Uh, my tag is at FFA underscore Mung. That's M-E-N-G. And I'm at FFA underscore LOS, L-O-S. It's been a blast talking about my most hated team in the NFL, the Green Bay Packers. May may they go 0-16 this year. And I'm Dan. Uh, You can tweet me at FFA underscore Dan with only one N, if you listened to last week's when Lowe's tried to spell it with two. Mm, seriously, tweet Dan. He's got a lot of great information. He can answer all your questions, and he's always there sitting on Twitter waiting for you. <laughs> all right, guys. Thanks for joining us. Peace out. Thanks, addicts. This summer, enjoy a Plymouth Gin and Tonic. Just add tonic, ice, and a slice of orange for the perfect cocktail every time. Plymouth Gin is distilled using a blend of seven hand-selected botanicals, always staying true to Plymouth's original recipe. Plymouth Gin, since 1793.